This week on Where is the Love, we'll talk about the Romney Child Benefit 2.0, the remix. <laughs> Back again, Romney, Fast and Furious. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. And we'll also talk about how Democrats are just, just absolutely... Not killing it. Not killing it. (laughs) (laughs) They have some bad ideas going on. They have some bad ideas. They have some bad ideas. Plus, a croissant. 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 (laughs) This is Where is the Love? This is Where's the Love? I'm Michael Weir. I'm Melissa Weir. Melissa. Yes. It's. <laughs> oh man. It is. <laughs> Melissa. Yeah. <laughs> it me. Uh, Melissa. Uh, I'm in my Usher era. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow is. Father's Day. Father's Day. Uh, and. You had your eye on a hot baked good, and it wasn't me. <laughs> and so, we're, and so we're driving, we're driving to New York City tomorrow. We are. Well, tell tell the people. Well, living in Baltimore, New York City, actually isn't that far of a drive, and we've been wanting to go back for the past couple of months. We like to go up there every once in a while and just eat our hearts out. We love the food in New York. And usually do something touristy, get the girls out. Um, and so I was watching TikTok the other day, and this TikTok came up of this woman who decided that she wanted to get up out of bed and get a, a croissant from this bakery called the Lafayette. Um, and the croissant looks incredible. It is circle-shaped, and it's covered on one end in chocolate. And then when you split it down the middle, it looks like it's filled with some kind of chocolate cream or Nutella. So we are going to We're going to check that to out. To do that. We yes. are going to eat We're, that. We are going to do that. So uh, what, what's the name of the bakery? Lafayette. Lafayette. So that'll be fun. Um, I'm very excited. Speaking of for TikTok. You, for Father's Day. Yes. Also for me, which is not about me, but you know. Yeah. Speaking of TikTok and speaking of Usher. Yeah. Uh, this is a TikTok video question. Let's see if you've seen the TikTok. Okay. It's seven o'clock. Where is Usher? What? It's seven o'clock. Where is Usher? Um, I'm going through the titles of his songs. Hold on. <laughs> I haven't seen this TikTok. It's seven o'clock. I'm in a job top. Cruising the street. Bam, 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 bam. Okay. I haven't seen this. Is it viral? Yeah, no. It's, yeah, it's a common thing. And it's usually like black coworker, like black coworkers asking their like white coworkers oh. uh, the question. And they usually don't know it. Here I am. And, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Glad you provide. Um... That was a great song. 
what no, I loved about Usher, sorry. what I loved about Usher is um, they would he, so many of his singles they would release, you know the the CD singles that yes. we had, but they would always put the instrumental, uh, and so you could you could like sing the song All with right. just the instrumental track on it, yeah. which I was a big fan of. I'm sure you were, Michael. <laughs> yes, I was. All right, let's get to it. Where, where do you want to start? Let's start with. Let's start. I don't want to talk about the Democrats. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's talk about Romney 2.0. Uh, what did he put out this week? What made it special? Yes. So. Uh, Senator Mitt Romney has put out a new child allowance plan called the Family Security Act 2.0. So if you might remember previously, um, Romney put out a child allowance plan in February of 2021 that was pretty much widely lauded across the political spectrum. Um, And ever since then, especially since the child uh, tax credit uh, allowance extension has ended, and really right now might be the ripest time to pass anything again. Mitt Romney is rightly so, is now putting out an, another plan with a few tweaks to that previous plan. So right now he has a couple of co-sponsors that have come on board. Um, Senator Richard Burr of North Carolina and Senator Steve Daines of um, Montana, both Republicans. Um, and basically what this uh, plan would do is that it would provide parents with a $350 a month uh allowance either monthly or in a lump sum um, for each young child and $250 a month for each school age child. So that means six ages six to 16 to 17. And then pregnant women would qualify for up to four $700 payments. So $2,800 during the last four months before their due date to help with all of the expenses that come before having a child. Um, the bill includes a minimum earnings requirement um, which is $10,000. Um, so either single or married um, have to be earning $10,000 in order for everything to start kicking in, although there's a phase in from $0. Um, and there is an income cap of $200,000 a year for single and $400,000 a year for married um, couples. Uh, and then there's a limit on the number of children this time around. Um, which is like six. Yes, that's right. Six. And the bill will cost will be cost neutral, I should say. Um, and in terms of reactions, uh, one of the most important reactions that I was looking for is that the Niskanen Center, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, says that this bill would reduce child poverty by 12.6% if it were enacted the way that it stands. What are your reactions, Michael? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, kind of similar to when he put out, uh, you know, the first plan, it's encouraging to see... A Republican mm-hmm. uh, putting forward a plan to address child poverty. That's yeah. legitimate and serious and has some smart things uh, to it. In some ways, this plan 2.0 is more encouraging because other Republicans are on board. Yes. So Steve Daines is on board. Richard Burr is on board. Uh, so that's encouraging. You know, it, it's also, we've talked on the show in, uh, before about, you know, the how, how sad it was to see the previous extension 
mm-hmm. uh, not renewed. Yep. And what a what a loss that was. I mean, I mean, the the analysis that we have so far is, shows that you know the, it worked, <laughs> and mm-hmm. so you know usually when Congress happens to fall, happens to stumble upon a policy with an objective that it actually achieves, you know, you want to lock that in. Yep. doesn't happen that as often as, as we might want. Um, uh, and so, you know, for Romney to, to, you know, step into the gap here and put forward, you know, again, a, a plan with that's serious, with good intent, you know, I, I appreciate what the plan does to eliminate uh, marriage penalties, which is great. It's it's one of the uh, eliminating marriage penalties is one of the benefits of uh, simplifying uh, uh, simplifying all the child sort of family uh, plans as as the 2.0 would do. Um, on the other hand, uh, you, you know, in order to get the Republican support. It seems like, and and in order to make this more of a mainstream Republican plan, and then also I'd say, you know, when Romney first released this, it was in the middle of, it was smack dab in the middle of, you know, he, he was looking out ahead at over a year of Democratic control of the House and Senate. You know, this plan is released six months before potentially Republicans have at least the House, Mm -hmm. maybe the Senate. So I also think this plan is, you know, somewhat of a, of a recognition of, of um, those dynamics, of those dynamics. Exactly right. Uh, Still, I'm not pleased with the $10,000 cap, you know, so, so there are things that this plan does that will, cut out significant percentage of poor families. And then yeah. so if you if the benefit is about uh, addressing child poverty, uh, then then you know you don't wanna you don't wanna put in uh, means testing that will make it more difficult for the families who need it most to access uh, to access those those benefits. And then it's also just overall a less generous plan than some of the others that are out there. Uh, but overall, I, I'm encouraged. I think, again, this is a good faith effort. If if this bill was up for a vote, I'd, I'd probably vote for it. I'd want to see, uh, you, you know, like if, if, if this was... Um, I think it would be an improvement on what we have now. Uh, And so that's encouraging. You know, the other interesting thing about this plan, which, you know, Romney first introduced this idea before, you know, Dobbs was heard. But a lot of people did notice when they rolled out the 2.0, pro-life groups were really, the the support of pro-life groups for this policy was really put front and center, which... You know, led some to think, you know, this is uh, maybe this is, you know, part of the policy pivot that some people have been calling for and hoping for within the pro-life movement, within Republicans, 
in preparation for like post Dobbs, post Roe, uh, America, I, I would say, you know, if that's the intent, uh, a lot more is, is needed, but it was interesting to see pro-life groups sort of sign on, use their capital to support a child benefits, uh, uh, uh you know, package like this when, you know, it's been a big debate within the pro-life movement. Uh, about what what their responsibility is to support legislation that falls out of addressing abortion proper. So so yeah, I, I'm encouraged by this. Glad to see other Republicans on board. You know, it was warmly received by Michael Bennett, who's one of the major uh, uh, proponents uh, and sponsors of the the uh, the benefit extension that yep. was that that was passed. Uh, uh, earlier, and so I think, yeah, I think folks see like this is. I doubt. I really don't think anything's going to pass this year, but it sets us up for a, potentially a negotiation after the dust settles. Uh, you know, post midterms. I mean, hopefully so. And just to point out something um, that honestly, the first time around in February twenty twenty one, I don't remember this, but. Complete, but going to your point of pro-life groups suddenly coming out and really like pushing this is that there was a benefit prior to birth with the first plan of fourteen hundred dollars. It's been doubled to twenty eight hundred dollars for, right. for this particular plan. That's and exactly right. So I think that's right. really interesting, and not just the benefit itself being doubled, but the fact that a lot of the focus has been on. But look, there's even you know four seven hundred dollar payments four months before the child is born. I don't remember that being a point of emphasis at all with the with 1.0. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's very true. All right, why don't we um, take a break? We'll come back and we'll we'll have the conversation that we've been pushing off uh, <laughs> up to this point. This is where is the love. We're back. This is Where's the Love. And you know, if we have an opportunity to get some Ari in this, we're going to do it. Uh, Michael is a huge Arianator. I'm a huge. I mean, huge I am too, but Michael, really. I'll, have uh, to, I'll post in the episode notes the the tweet thread of us at the Ariana Grande concert and stuck on a Buffalo subway train. I had a magical experience at the Ariana Grande concert. And following the Ariana Grande concert, and we'll put that in the show notes. But perhaps my proudest moment, uh, especially because we were parents of like a six-month-old yeah, at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. That's it exactly showed it. that we still have it. Um, <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Well, do you know who doesn't have it? The Democrats with this. Now, they get some other stuff a bit better. But my goodness, did this New York Times article make me want to just throw my laptop off the balcony. Makes you want to shout, but not a Buffalo Bills kind of way. Yeah, I mean, that's niche. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think 99% of our well, listeners will get the Bills shout need, reference. They need to get with the program. Okay, so New York Times headline, Democrats risky bet, a GOP extremist in spring hoping to beat them in fall. 
The article is by Jonathan Weissman. And Jonathan really puts together the best hits of <laughs> democratic hypocrisy and election shenanigans that run completely against what they're selling the American people. So here, here's the thing, Melissa, yeah. which is uh, we have the Democrats have spent rightfully so the last ever since Donald Trump went down that escalator, Democrats have been uh, moralizing, not just in opposition to Trump, but, you know, with, with suggestions about sort of people who would support him. And, yeah. you know, uh, we, I mean, right, mm -hmm. Joe Biden ran saying this was a fight for the soul of the nation. Like the inference there is that if the people who voted for Trump win, the soul of the nation is not going to be in, in great shape. Uh, and so you'd think that with such moral claims that you would want to do everything possible to weaken Trump's standing in the Republican Party, that you would want to give voters, Republican voters, who may not vote for you, that you would at least will. You, you don't need that, you know. Politics is politics. You don't need to actively, it's not a requirement that you actively help the other party. Um, it is a requirement that you don't actively promote candidates that you're then going to run against as threats to democracy and American life and everything that is good and pure in the world when you're putting up ads. So here's, here's, our, here's, the, here's the skinny on what some, some Democrats have been doing, which is to uh, put up like ads. So for instance, uh, if, there's a, uh, if there's a moderate Republican uh, and a MAGA Trump Republican, then uh, Democrats uh, will put up an ad that will say something like, uh, you know, if, if, if the moderate is candidate A and the MAGA uh, 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 candidate is candidate B, they'll put up an ad that will only mention candidate B, not even mention candidate A, even if candidate A is the incumbent, even if candidate A is uh, the, the candidate uh, ahead of the polls, they'll run an ad basically raising the name ID of the extreme candidate and using buzzwords and descriptors of that candidate that they know Republican uh, primary voters will like. So they'll say, you know, candidate B is the most conservative uh, candidate in this race. Uh, candidate B stood by uh, stood by uh, uh, President Trump uh, for the knowing purpose of elevating that candidate above the moderate, more difficult to defeat, one has to presume, which side note suggests that, that uh, some of these candidates aren't completely bought in on the idea that elections are all about turnout these days. 
Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like uh, that the more moderate sort of milk, to- that they're trying to defeat the more moderate sort of uh, establishment, reasonable candidate, not the extremist who, who supposedly is the one who's going to increase turnout, suggests that the turnout stuff is a little more ideological than an actual like look at the data, which anyone who has looked at the data would tell you. Um but so 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 that's what they're doing. So, for instance, this article talks about uh, represent, Representative David Velado in the Central Valley of California. Uh, Velado uh, voted to impeach Donald Trump, and uh, a Democrats put money behind an ad uh, to uh, specifically criticize. Volato's vote in or in other words to make Volato pay for the very vote that Democrats said if you were a moral person if you cared about the constitution you would take this vote now now look it's not the Democrats responsible responsibility to prevent MAGA Republicans from critiquing this Republican candidate for taking that vote as they did as the, as they will continue to do the point here is that democrats are putting money behind the very same right-wing critiques that they say are destroying america etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, i appreciated this quote from democratic congresswoman kathleen rice she said i realize that this type of political gamesmanship has existed forever but our country is in a very different place now than we were in previous cycles for these democratic groups to throw money at raising up a person who they know wants to tear down this democracy is outrageous. Um, Melissa, I, I could just go on about this for a long time. I could uh, uh, the the rest of the podcast could just be me banging my head against the wall. Um, the the one other piece I'd add before throwing it to you is we're in the middle of hearings about January sixth. Mm-hmm. House Democrats have put a tremendous, well, not just House Democrats, Liz Cheney, mm-hmm. Kinzinger, yeah. tremendous amount of resources behind conveying how serious January 6th was. And as a part of that, how serious the anti-small-D Democratic tendencies of, uh, and actions of President Trump were and continue to be Uh, and so to be at the same time i i just find it so deeply deeply amoral melissa and and i sorry before turning it to right this is not every democratic campaign that's doing this as we just said congresswoman kathleen rice is opposed to it uh there are other democrats who want to touch this stuff with a with a, a hundred foot pole, with a ten foot pole, um, but but gosh, this needs to be these folks who are involved in this should be ashamed of themselves for the hypocrisy, for what they're doing to Republican voters, to what they're doing the 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 manipulation of it in our politics, and then to put. Right, even if you want to put the morals aside, which I recommend not doing. I, I recommend not putting the morals and the ethics aside. But even if we want to put those aside, uh, 
these extremist candidates might win. <laughs> yeah, that's my problem. My problem is that a psychological chess game is being played. And they're asking their base, their voters, and then they're asking a lot of voters that they don't know at all to play a chess game that they haven't been given rules for. You know what I mean? Yes. But honestly, besides this sort of being like a sick route to take just like on its face, like an absolute value, um, this just seems symptomatic of a sick party to even want to try a strategy like this. Right. This seems like a symptom of a losing party. Oh, yes. Um, so that's what this this strikes me as. And the third thing I'll say is that I'm just... <laughs> uh, I'm not surprised that a party that has been so um, uh, not welcoming to its own moderates, wanting to also push out the other party's moderates, and then ending up with potentially the extremists of that other party and just saying, oh, well, you know, this is just... How they are, how these voters are. This is all they want, and I'm not surprised it's coming from a party that's pushing on its own moderates. That they're pushing out the moderates of the other party. It, that's so insightful. I think that's exactly right, Melissa. And it's um, the, the 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 fact is, right? It's it's one thing for the other party to sort of uh to be devouring itself mm-hmm. and you benefiting from that yes it's, it's another thing to be complicit in that another thing that comes to mind is you know there there's all this uh anytime you dare even mention uh that sort of democrats conduct pushes can sometimes push moderates or swing voters into Republicans' arms. Mm-hmm. It how how dare you? These voters are responsible. Oh, so Democrats mean so you're going to vote for a fascist? But the fact that Democrats are pursuing this strategy knows shows that they know it's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> shows that they shows that they know that you mm-hmm. can you can push people towards the extremist candidate. Mm-hmm. I have to say, like, the the opposite is true. That, that we can do things in our politics, even in partisan politics, which elections are always, you know, are, are partisan. You can do things to, to move the center of gravity into... Uh, a place that is closer to comedy, that is closer to public service, uh, and yet the incentive structure in our politics is so sick right now. Uh, and the system of self-rationalization that this article shows is just another example of how deeply, deeply embedded this self-rationalization is. Uh, in our politics and among some party operatives, uh, uh, they, that you can you can take actions that actually, well, that, that polarize the electorate, mm-hmm. and this is a it's a dangerous game to be playing. And as none other than Ariana Grande said, it's a bad idea, Melissa. It's a bad idea. 
Yeah. I honestly, I have no other commentary. That that pretty much sums it up. Oh man, this article. I know you were worked up about it for a whole day. For a whole day, and I'm still worked up about it. No, it just, it just, it just, uh, it just very. Democrats are trying to make a case now and have made a case for years about how how high the stakes are. Mm-hmm. And and right so people will say, "Oh, Mike, no one's going to read this New York Times article." Like th- this is just behind the scenes gamesmanship that you like you don't think voters sense whether mm-hmm. politicians mean what they say or whether it's part of a partisan game. And and frankly, the fact that you have the fact that you have some willing to treat it as a game shows that the the there are Democrats who don't take this as seriously as as they should. Or the alternative is that all of this, all of this moralism around January 6th, all of this moralism around Donald Trump uh, is is nothing but partisan politics. And that's exactly what Donald Trump wants American voters to believe. And any Democrat, uh, any uh, strategist who gives them even a sliver of of evidence, who gives the American people a sliver of evidence that Trump's right on that question, uh, they 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 should they should enter a new line of work. They, they should they should not they should not at this moment in our history they should not be seeking to serve in Congress. They should not be seeking to be uh, uh, close to power in this moment, no matter how brilliant they think. Their uh, their sense of strategy uh, is it's it's pathetic. I could go on and on. Let's let's uh, let's land the plane for this show. What I need is a delicious croissant. <laughs> croissant. I don't know. What is the what is the R supposed to do in that word? It's supposed to glottal. <laughs> I don't even know what, what are you doing? <laughs> Calamari. Forget about. Forget about. Forget about me. Thank you. Love that song. Put out new music, Ari. Yeah. All right. I need folks. her marriage album. <laughs> yeah, no. no I would love married, that. she's married, I need her marriage love album. Yeah, no, that would be good. Yeah, anyways. All right. Hey, as always, really good talking with y'all. Uh, <laughs> leave a review. Subscribe. We appreciate you listening. This has been Where is the Love? Bye.